Okay, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, March 22nd, 2021. And today we're reading from the big book. We're in chapter four and we're on page 45, the second paragraph. Well, that's exactly what this book, reading that one paragraph. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service. Um, Lindsay W, Nancy C, Becca R, Crystal P, Marge O, Ken W H, and Russ M. And the reference number for Sunday, March 21st, 2021, is 16,622. That's 16622. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lindsay W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Lindsay W., compulsive overeater in Houston, Texas. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Lindsay W. Okay, I will now ask Nancy C. to read the 12 traditions. Morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. Nancy C., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Ann Arbor, Michigan. The 12 traditions. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is one, but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other OA group or o, other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me serve, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book and we're on page 45, the second paragraph, well, that's exactly what this book is about, and I will ask Becca R. to begin reading. Thanks, Katie. <clears throat> this is Becca R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Kentucky. Well, that's exactly what this is, book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means, you will, that means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. It means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problem and explain our fellowship. But his face falls when we speak spiritual matters, especially when we mention God. For we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. 
<clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I've got a lot of this highlighted and underlined and bracketed. <laughs> um, the the first thing that sticks out is the word exactly. That's exactly what this book is about, and what what it's answering is the previous paragraph ends with a question: How are we to find this power? Um, and you know, I've read this book for many years, and it wasn't until my most recent experience with the book a few years ago that I realized that it's not about, it's not a how-to book. Um, well, I guess it is a how-to book, but it's not about how to get sober. It's a book that is all about getting me in touch with my higher power. Now, to do that, um, I have to get sober because it's a two-part disease, you know, a body of a disease of the mind and body. And um, for me, I found that I have to have the steps as well as abstinence. I can't do one without the other. I can't evoke the spiritual experience in step 12 if I'm still in the food. And just like I can't still be in the food and have the spiritual experience. Um, The next sentence, its main object is to enable me to find a power greater than myself, which will solve your problem. And I love that they put that in there. Um, You know, I'm I'm not just looking for a connection with um, a higher power, but I'm looking for a connection with a higher power that has the ability to solve my problem. What's my problem? I'm a compulsive overeater. Once I start, I can't stop. You know, we've looked at the problem in the previous pair or in the previous chapters over and over and over. You know, my problem is I'm a hopeless alcoholic when it comes to the food. I can't stop once I start. A good day, a bad day, I, I end up in the food and my hands are in the air saying, How did this happen? That's my problem. And the whole point of this book is to put me in touch with a power greater than myself, which will solve my problem. And I have to remind myself that this comes not as a byproduct of step one, not as a byproduct of step four. It comes as a byproduct of working these steps, you know, getting to step 12, having that spiritual awakening, you know, um, I can't, I can't balk. I can't stop. It is uh, a movement in the forward direction and I have to continue. And when I get to step 12, I, I've also got directions there. You know, now it's time to carry the message, you know, continue this wave of recovery. Um, yeah. And I also, I really appreciate that they, they say very clearly, sure, that, um, you know, we'd, we'd love to write a book that doesn't, bring up um, emotion about spirituality, but it's just, we can't do that. That's, that's what the book is about. So I look forward to hearing what my fellows have to share. Thanks. Thank you for getting us started. Um, okay. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on the second paragraph on page 45? Warren Jack K. Jack K. from Georgia. Melissa C. 
Maria S. Shelley C. R. Lauren A. Okay, thank you, Lauren. I heard you, and it wasn't Tina S. Thought. Okay, just one second. Thank you, Tina. So I have. Let me just tell you who I have. Um, I have Lauren A. Chuck K. Melissa C. Uh, Tina S. But there was someone before Tina S. And my brain is not thinking of it. Um, Charles H. I said my name first, but I'll take fourth position or whatever. Okay. Thank you, Charles. I didn't hear you at all. Sorry about that. Okay. And there was another female that I heard, and now I can't think. I don't know who it was. Okay. So let's go with this lineup. Lauren A., Chuck K., Melissa C., Tina S., and Charles H. And if there was a another person, please tell me. Oh, it was, there was Harlan G. Maria. He, there was Harlan G. that he went on first also. He said his name first. Oh, wow. I didn't hear him either. Okay. I'll put Harlan G. And I think I heard Maria. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna put her in there. I think you did. Um okay, great, thank you. Oh, okay, let's go with Lauren A followed by Chuck K. Thank you everyone for helping me. Good morning, this is Lauren A. I appreciate I appreciate that you heard my name this morning. It's it's great to be on the line. Um I I, I have this double uh Double highlighted here, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. You know, when you first get to AAROA, you would think that the main object would be to tell you how to, what you need to do to stop drinking or stop eating compulsively. And, well, what you need to do to do that is to get in touch with higher power you know if we could do it ourselves we would have we would have done it a long time ago and we just couldn't we, the only way to do it was to get in touch with a higher power so I just love that 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 is the main object um, when I sponsor people there's a couple different phrases that are in the book that I always um, emphasize and re-emphasize and one of them is no human power and it's in it's in the book in in, in a bunch of different you know um, twists of that phrase, no human power, um, beyond human aid, all those different phrases that say the same thing, that we just could not do it. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm hesitating here. Um, and the part about, you know, that we have to talk about God, I, I guess when I got, when I first got to AA, I was just ready to hear about God, and I, I'm glad that that was my, uh, that, that was my situation, and um, I guess with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Um, Lauren A., and now we'll have Chuck K., followed by Melissa C. Good morning. This is Chuck K. from Georgia. I am a compulsive overeater. Happy to share this morning. Last week, I heard somebody say very pro something very profound for me, and that was the steps of the treasure map and God is the treasure. And I think that was such a wonderful statement. I don't know if that was the first time somebody said it or the hundredth, but I really liked it. And what it makes me remember is these steps are not the, are not the answer. These steps allow me to create opportunities that God can break through my hard defensive shell that I've put up all of these years. And God is the one that's, that's giving me the power. God is the one that I'm working towards. And sometimes I'll have the habit of just 
marking things off my to-do list. And when I did that for a while, I started to feel lost or empty with the steps. And I was wondering, you know, why? And then I began reviewing the, my 10, 11, 12 step work and made some adjustments. And things became a lot better in terms of the way I feel. But the steps for me provided opportunities for God to reach me through other people. And when I go to meetings and I share and I work the steps and I'm afraid to do a lot of the things that I'm asked to do, and I don't want to do them, I don't feel like they're going to work for me, I throw up all these barriers of why I don't want to do this. But over time, enough occurrences happen. And, and the funny thing about these occurrences, I, I can't hardly explain them. I feel them and I know they've happened, but I can't explain how it happened. It, it's kind of like my abstinence. I tripped and fell into it. I, I can't really tell you how it happened. It just did for me. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. So that's what I always want to keep in, in, member, in memory of. These steps are the treasure map. This is what I use to find the treasure. And the treasure is God, that wonderful relationship that I have with something outside of myself that's there for me to help me with any question I have, any problem that I have, that loves me no matter what, that I can always turn to and they'll never let me down. And it took a long time to find that person or that thing, whatever you want to call it. I'm just happy that I stuck around in program and I worked the work, even when I didn't want to, even when I didn't think it would work. I continued to do it until it began, and miracles began to work in my life. So I hope everybody has a great day. And whoever said that about the treasure map and the treasure, thank you very much because it, really, uh, it was really a blessing for me. Have a good day. Thank you so much, Chuck K. And now we'll have Melissa C. followed by Maria F. Hi, good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service this morning and for for being able to hear everybody. It's real hard, and I appreciate you hearing me. Uh, my name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and um, you know, I. Um, yeah, the big book is a text, right? We know it's a text, and it's written actually to um, to help me, people like me, get a relationship with God, to get a relationship with the power, because we can't get access to it. And it's, you know, I'm I'm of the type who all other methods had failed completely, and the only thing that's going to save someone like me is a miracle. And the 12 steps, it's like a recipe for creating that miracle. You know, it's like you do each step and you get closer and closer to that power. And, um, you know, I think back to like when I really believed, you know, like, yeah, you come in, you hear, oh, I've got this problem. And it's like, okay, it's got a name. And then it's like, wait, I'm going to have to use what? God? Uh, Yeah. You know, like, that was my reaction, um, because I thought, you know, my problem is just too insignificant for God, you know, to deal with. Whatever God was, I couldn't dream that he could be bothered or would be remotely concerned with my food issue. And yet, you know, I was living um, what could have been a gorgeous life, family, home, kids, career, and I couldn't enjoy it, and I was destroying it with my own hands. Um, 
you know, I, I've had this feeling that no matter where I walked into, whatever room I walked into, that I just took up too much space, that I was somehow invading on the rights of others around me. And, um, you know, like I've shared, like I've walked, you know, if you've ever been obese or, or in your own sickness, you walk in a plane or you walk in a room and you know people are like, please don't let her sit next to me. And you feel that way about yourself as well. And so, you know, what I've come to see is that um, if there, you know, my understanding is there's a creator, right? It would never want its creation to feel that insignificant and that unworthy of having even been formed. And so that's where it began for me. Of course there's something deep down in my heart. I knew that there was something that would not want me to feel that way. And then we're told that's good news because that's the fundamental idea of God. It's way down deep within. And, you know, it wasn't as hard <laughs> as I feared that it was going to be. It, it required putting food down because that was my God at that time and seeking. That's what we're told. And these steps taught me how to, how to seek. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Okay, Maria F., you're up, followed by Tina F. Good morning, Katie, and thank you for your service. Um, good morning to everyone. My name is Maria F., and I'm a recovered compulsive breeder from County Dublin in Ireland. Yeah, and a great paragraph, because for me, it really smashes the idea that my problem has anything to do with food. You know, it doesn't mention food here. It doesn't mention weight or a diet. It doesn't say anything about abstinence. It tells me that the main object of this book is to enable me to find a power, you know, and that power which will solve my problem. You know, and it doesn't say might. It doesn't say maybe. And I have it underlined because it says it will solve my problem. And, you know, I have to know what my problem is. You know, what's my problem? My problem is that I'm a chronic compulsive overeater. You know, I have that spiritual malady, you know, the, the God hole in my soul. Um, and today, thank God, I, I know that food is not my problem. You know, I have a living problem. My problem is living, you know, and living life on life's terms. And, you know, when I came into the, to the rooms first, I would, I would have heard such uh, sayings in the rooms as, you know, don't eat no matter what. Uh, the truth is that if I could manage not to eat no matter what, I wouldn't need to be in a way, and I certainly wouldn't need to hire power. Um, and yet there were times when I could stop, but my problem was I couldn't stay stopped. You know, yeah, there'd be always some insane excuse or some idea, you know, um, to go back to the food. Um, and all my human power, it failed time and time again. Um, and, you know, I, I had I had a faith in, in God. I I believed in, in God when I came into the room, but absolutely no relationship with, with God. I had the Santa Claus list, you know, you do this and I'll do that, or you didn't do this, so I'm not doing that, you know. And if things were bad, I'd be on my knees in, in, in the church. And, you know, I'm, and yeah, you know, I'd go when there was a problem. And then when that got solved, I was out of here, you know. Um, and I was what my sponsor would often describe, you know, a recovering higher power, you know. Uh, and today, you know, I have a relationship with that higher power. Um, and just for me, what I cannot do for myself, I cannot and solve this problem on my own. You know, I need to hire power for, for that. And uh, 
And, you know, we're in, we're in we agnostics and all I'm asked is, you know, all I was asked was just to be willing, you know, to seek God, to be willing, because God's love I know today is unconditional uh, and God sees all my perfections. Um, and I think of that, you know, the spiritual progress towards spiritual perfection, you know, because God sees me the way he wants me to be. But, you know, today he loves me the way I am. I'm good enough for him today the way I am. Um, and there's a member on this line who, who, who also said to me, you know, um, it's easy to be the spectator, Maria. You know, you can be on the sideline, you know, and uh, yeah, be shouting from the sideline, but it's to get into the arena, jump into the ring, you know, jump into God. Um, yeah, and, and through the steps, because the book, the book is the book, but you know. Fine, um, I, thank you, Katie. Yeah, and, and certainly my bridge um, certainly the, the book was my bridge to God. So thank you. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you, Maria F. Okay, Tina S., you're up, followed by Charles H. Thanks so much, Katie. Uh, Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. And wow, what a great meeting. What a great paragraph. I always say that, but it's so true. You know, and I love, and I always have to refer to the previous paragraph because it tells me, well, that's exactly what this book is about. Well, what's this book about? You know, it's going to enable me to find a power greater than myself, which will solve my problem. And then in the previous paragraph, it tells me what my problem is, lack of power. That was my dilemma. Dilemma is problem. You know, and so, you know, the good news for me was, you know, and I loved, I heard shared in, a, in a, just an earlier share today that, you know, I believe there was a God, but I didn't believe that God would work in my life, you know, and, and so with the instructions, you know, the simple, detailed, specific instructions in the big book, which it tells me that, that I'm going to, you know, find this power, which will solve my problem, I I was enabled to to trust and to believe in a power greater than myself through working the steps. You know, I had to work the steps. You know, they t- you know, they're talking about the transformation that comes about, a spiritual awakening that comes in 12. You know, when it's talking about the book here, I, gotta, I have to open it up. I have to take some action. I have to do the work. You know, I always wanted people to work for me so that I could just get the result. Well, that's not the way it worked for me. You know, I couldn't go just go to a meeting, sit by somebody, and think I'd get it through osmosis because I get, did not. I tried it. Let me tell you, it didn't work. You know, and I was always told, if you want something different, Tina, you have to do something different. And so that's what I did. You know, I cracked open this book and I followed some instruction, you know, within, from a person within whom the problem had been solved. You know, they took me through the book. They told me what they did. I did what they did. I got what they got. You know, and today, you know, the good news about this is, you know, I have a daily reprieve. What am I doing today for my recovery? And how am I helping somebody else to stay sober? one day at a time, you know, and then I, I, again, get the result today, you know, I do the work daily, and I don't, you know, and I say this for me, because I don't always want to, but, you know, I love what I'm getting, I'm, I am a person of more, I want more, you know, so what I have to do today is to do more, to do more work, to give this thing away in order to keep it, because they told me if I do not, I will not keep it, and so, you know, I, I listen to those people, you know, they continue to have what I want. I continue to do what they do. And with that, I'll pass. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Tina. And Charles H., you're up, followed by Harlan G. Then we'll open it up for more shares on page Thank you very much, 45, Katie. the second paragraph. Okay, go ahead, Charles. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you. I hate asking that question, but I do because 
you know, members on the line tell me that, you know, they remind me every day. So going back to the, the, the paragraph previously where it says lack of power, um, it's interesting to look at those four, it's four times mentioned in that previous paragraph. The first two times are small p's, then the next two times are capital p's because that's the power. It had to be a power greater than myself. Um, I, I meditated on the entire big book this morning. I read I, 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 uh, the, uh, the, the five chapters in James, which is where the big book comes from. Um, and, you know, I understand why people have um, that, that problem with that word religion. And then I looked up the definition in the big book of religion. It's surrender. And a lot of people um, don't want to surrender. And, of course, the, 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 the uh, big book, I've never seen the word higher power, especially in we agnostics. I see capital P power. I see small P. Um, and I want to elaborate talk, and work in a text, talk about the, 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 the five chapters in James. James 1, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And, you know, if, if he's running his mouth all the time, his religion is in vain. And pure religion is staying unspotted from this world and, 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 and um, visiting, you know, the, the, the widows and the fatherless. Then James 2, it talks about um, faith without work is dead. Then James 3, it talks about bridling the tongue and character defects with, and shortcomings that we have, judging and racism and gossiping about other I'm people. Sorry, we don't bring don't outside literature into OA meetings. Hey, 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 guess what? Hey, guess meetings. what? Hey, guess what? You violate me, I'm going to make you feel real bad. So just star one. And you talk in that mess in the other one. You got the right one today. So, Charles, and, and stop Jim, it. Charles, stop. You know what? I'm a violate. Yo, I'll pass right now. I'm going to catch you. I'll pass. Okay, thank you, and please no interruptions when someone is speaking. Um, thank you, Charles, and now we'll have Harlan G. Boy, someone said Har- that Harlan. Thank spoke. you, Katie. <laughs> I, I, thank you, Katie. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, in, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. And actually, the Book of James is one of the books that framed the Big Book. There are four books that framed the Big Book: Book of James. The Common Sense of Drinking, the um, William James's book, The Varieties of Religious Experience, and Emmett Fox's The Sermon on the Mount. Those are the four books that frame this book. Anyway, that aside, this is the thesis line of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. Let's take a look at page XIII in the forward to the first edition. It says, to show, I'm in the first paragraph on XIII, to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. Is that consistent? Yes, it is. Now I'm going to go to page 20. And on page 20, at the end of the first complete paragraph, it says here, if you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? And then it says, it is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. Is that consistent? Yes. So if this is the main object of the book, it better be the main object of my life. 
And I notice very clearly that it does not say, well, that's what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your abstinence problem or your food plan. Having a food plan and being abstinent is vital. I don't want to think that it's not vital to my recovery, vital to my survival, but that's not what it's about. It's about enlarging and perfecting my spiritual life through service and self-sacrifice for others. And this is what I see so much of in me and in OA today. We are going home and we're remaining stark raving abstinent and it becomes a diet club. And it is not a diet club. It is about perfecting and enlarging my spiritual life through service and self-sacrifice for others. I'm just going to briefly go back to the bottom of 14. My friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. Particularly was it imperative to work with others as he had worked with me. Faith without works was dead, he said, and how appallingly true for the alcoholic for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. If he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed with us. It is just like that. I'm out of time. I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much, um, Harlan, and thank you um, to everyone who shared in the first section. And now we will uh, take more names, although we value your experience. We ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. And who else would like to share on the second paragraph on page 45? Larry G. Mm -hmm. Larry G. Pamela P. Pamela P. Who else? I can't hear you. There was someone else, but I couldn't understand them. Karen K. Karen K. Someone W. Joanne. Joanne W. Okay, Joanne W. We can take a few more. Okay, well, let's go with that. Uh, Larry G, Pamela R. P, Karen K, and Joanne W. Go ahead, please. Larry G. Good morning, everybody. My name is Larry G. I'm from Northern California, and I am a recovered compulsive eater. Oh, wow. I, uh, my sponsor was taking me through the big book. Um, I, wrote in the, I wrote on the, uh, the margin. What a relief, finally, a, a big book-based abstinence. Um, its main object is to enable me to find a power greater than myself, which will solve all my problems. You know, it's one thing to, it's one thing to practice this when you're in really good shape. You know, everything's going well. But I had an opportunity to, uh, and Charles stole my, um, what I was going to say about this, which is faith without works is dead, and uh, the author of that um, 
of that sentence said that there's nothing worse than a dead faith. And I woke up, I was in trouble. I woke up Saturday morning uh, and I was uh, chanting the three uh, alcoholic mantras, um, F this, F you, and F it, I'm out of here. And I had a strong desire to just destroy myself. And this is something that I've had experienced many, many times in my recovery. Uh, and I thought the solution would be in the food. Um, and I knew I was in trouble, but I turned to the big book for, uh, for answers. Um, faith without works is dead, Larry. Uh, a higher power is going to solve your problems, not you, uh, not a sponsor, not uh, the, the meeting, uh, not the steps. Um, none of this. You're in trouble right now. You go to God. I went to God, and um, I got I got relief. Uh, and I, I want to share something with you that is really important to me, and I I hope that this is uh, inspiration for those of you who are suffering with food. Last year, I went to my granddaughter's birthday party, and I I ate my way to that birthday party. I was unavailable. Um, my granddaughter, who's six years old, came up to me and says, "Papa, you're not going to eat all that cheesecake, are you?" And I said, why, yes, I am. You know, that's what I do. And uh, I ate an entire cheesecake, and that did, I didn't stop. I didn't stop. Um, I got home. There was more. There's never enough, right? Uh, faith without works is dead. Uh, I did a 10-step. I made an outreach call, and I'm drawing on some capital, some, uh, you know, some, some capital, because uh, I've, I've given a lot back to this uh, fellowship and uh, talking to the new people. And uh, I made some phone calls. Uh, I did a 10-step, and I w- faith without works is dead, Larry. So what did I do? I was proactive. I made sure I had a meal before. I prayed uh, on the right there. I prayed during. And, you know, when I got there, uh, I-, I gave service to my family. I was present uh, to my granddaughter. And, uh, you know, the, the cheesecake wasn't calling me. In fact, I, it wasn't even in the forefront of my mind. Uh, and someone else said in this call, I have no idea how that happened, right? Stop. I'm just following I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway. I meant to say time. Time, okay. And uh, let's, not use, let's not use the sacred time to public humiliate other members on this call. Let's just not do that. Thank you, Larry. I'm sorry. I, my, my timer said stop, and so I said stop. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you for your share, Larry. And Pamela R.P., you're up. Yes, hi, this is Pamela P. from New York. Um, God bless everyone on the line. What amazing uh, meeting. And I know God is everything, and he's been dear for me through so much. And I know he will be dear for me for this disease. But it's tough. It's not tough that I don't believe in God could do it. I just pray for God to give me the willingness to do what I need to do, to not to pick up no matter what. And God brought me amazing sponsor, see, awesome, and I just started being with her, I think, for two weeks. And the first couple of days, it was tough because though I know who God is, my disease think God is the sugar, the carb, the food. And I just was going there, and now 
I'm trying so hard. It's like a daily battle every 24 hours. And so with the help of my sponsor called God, I had a food plan, very rigid, and it don't change that much. But it got to be like that. Once it starts being interesting, I go crazy with the variety. It got to be simple no matter what. No if or but. And I'm I'm trying. I'm doing it with Simon Shock. I haven't had real recovery since over maybe a year and a half or two years ago. But it's a day-to-day battle. And I constantly, throughout the day, must say, please, God, or thank you, God, or please, God, don't let me do this. Please don't let me ruin the day. It's like that one bite will ruin my whole day. I'm just be destroyed. And no if and no but. So I just thank God. And I having trouble reaching out. And I don't really have a computer so much. So my number is 917-392-7132. Thank you to let me share. I'm the East Coast, New York. I pass. Thank you so much, Pamela P. I don't know where it's got the R in there. Okay, Karen K., you're up, followed by Joanne W., and then we'll be able to take a few more. Good morning. This is Karen K., Recovered Compulsive Eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credit is so transfer. I love this whole chapter, um, and I like the way it just sneaks up. And it eventually is going to talk about the big G word or the big P word or the big power or the big whatever, bigger than myself. And then I love the way it goes over to the next page on 47, and it goes into step two. So they're kind of like, you know, uh, for lack of better expression, guys, uh, mixing the batter to get you to turn, hopefully, to turn my will and my life over the care of God as I understood him. That's what this is all about for me. This, this whole chapter is about building up a relationship with a power greater than myself and to actually take step two. I like to call this chapter, and there's that old song out there, 21 Ways to Lose Your Lover. Well, this is 21 Ways to Find My Higher Power. No, I didn't count. I don't know if there's 21, but it's cute and catchy, and people actually have counted for me before. I said, no, Karen, there's not 21 ways, but there's many, many ways to find a higher power, um, a, a God that is of my understanding. And what I have learned in my life um, with technical stuff, um, with certain areas of my life that don't need my litany of stuff, uh, that I have some agnostic stuff in my life. Thank God I am not with my food. It's not with my food. It's most of my life. But there's certain things I want to hang on to. And that's called being a human being, you know. And, and this is, there's a couple other spots. And, you know, I'm sure most most of you know this. There's Many times, I think maybe four times through the whole big book, the 164, it says, this is the main object of this book, or this is the purpose of this book. It says it a couple of times. And this is a key point in this, in this um, paragraph, is to find that power greater than Karen. Because when I came into OA, you guys, uh, to, uh, July 5th, uh, 2019, and May 20th, um, uh, this year will be one year on a vision for you. And it's like, I thought I had it down. 
what you guys all showed me and taught me in a very loving, gentle way, what the big book is about. And this is one of the parts is to find that power greater than myself. And there were pages before this, and I don't know what page. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. But this is the way that it was divinely inspired to say this is important. This is important. It's not a tail size, but this is important because it's got a, ca a capital P. And, um, you know, this is very, for me, I needed to find a power greater than caring because, you know, I thought I was the higher power. I thought I could make all the decisions. And I got that gift of letting go the monkey off my back on day one when I came into OA. And for that, I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for a vision for you because I love the big book, the big book so much more. Time, please. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Karen Kay. And now we'll have Joanne W. Joanne W., please press star one. Sorry about that. Okay, um, there you are. I'm Joanne W. from Pennsylvania, recovering um, overeater and sugar addict, and very nervous because I haven't shared in a very, very, very long time. Not sure what to say. I just wanted to show up and just to thank everybody for their shares, and it's been been very helpful and that's all I wanted to say. Just wanted to walk through the fear of sharing. So thank you. And I pass. Um yes. Good morning. I mean thank you so much, Joanne W. I'm sorry, people are texting me and I'm getting all distracted here. So we still have ten minutes. So if three or four people would like to give me their names who haven't shared Leon in the B. last few days. Minky W. Leon. Bill M. Leon B. Anita. Minky W. Okay. Okay. I got. <laughs> okay, I got Leon B. and Phil M. But there was someone in between there. I think who had a W initial. Was that Ann Carol K? Okay, I'll take you in, Carol Kay. Um, and then I thought there was someone with a W initial, but maybe not. So, and I thought I heard someone else too. But anyway, I'm so sorry. Leon B. Yeah, uh, Bill, by Bill M. and Carol Kay. And if we have time, we'll have Kathy L. Go ahead, please, Leon B. Leon, we can't hear you. Leon, star one. Hey, this is Leon B. Gratefully recovered. Sorry about that. Uh, um, Lenny B. Star one. You got me. Can you hear me? We got him. We got him. We got oh, you. Leon. All right, Go ten ahead. four. Yes. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Lenny B. <clears throat> North Florida. Uh, did the steps uh, with somebody on this program, but I wasn't sober when I did it.
Okay, we're not hearing you now. Sorry. Okay, let's just move on to Phil M, please, and then we'll get back to. I thought it was Leon B. Now it sounds like Lonnie B. So no, let's just go Leon with Phil B. M. Leon. Leon. Okay, B. go ahead, Leon. Yeah. Yeah, because you're, so you're in South Carolina, so go ahead, Leon. Yeah. All right. Um, so this. So I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm sorry, Lynn B. As well. Um, so, so this thing about this, this finding finding this power greater than us that can solve our, our problems. And I was thinking about what we read in the last chapter, where Fred said that these spiritual um, these spiritual principles could solve all his problems. And he and he put a he put an S on it. You know. So I was thinking, you know, what what are we talking about? Problems versus problem. You know, and then in the earlier paragraph of this chapter, it talks about this spiritual experience and living by spiritual principles. So I started thinking about, okay, what happened in my own recovery? Well, in my own recovery, I had no problem with this concept of a higher power. Um, I, I, I believed in a power greater than myself, and I actually thought I had some sort of advantage um, because of that. But I had no clue on how to access that power. Um, but I do distinctly remember when I had this spiritual experience. And the spiritual experience was um, as I was going through the steps, and I got to step four, and I've shared this before, and I got to the fourth column of step four. And when I started to do a look, well, a look back, or I started to go back and, and, and go through each of those resentments and what I had done to to start these things or to cause these things to appear, and what was my part? Where was I selfish? I realized one thing that I was the maker of all of my trouble, you know. And if you read further in the big book, that's what it tells us that our problem is selfishness, self-centeredness. That we think is the root of our trouble. And so, far, and when I realized that I was the maker of all this trouble, I also realized that if I made it, then I can fix it. And that was really my aha moment, but that was the exact moment that I became separated from food, where the most important thing in my life at that point was to continue to work these steps so that I could get to that point where I can get to the step eight, I can get to the step nine, and I can right some of these wrongs. And that was my spiritual experience. And living by those principles helped to solve all of my problems. But that selfishness, self-centeredness part, that came from that higher power when I had that experience of understanding that I was the maker of all of my trouble, that that the root of all my all of my trouble, it was my self-centeredness and my self-seeking. And I passed with that. I hope that makes sense. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Leon B. Okay, Phil M., you're up, followed by Ann Carol Kay. Hello, thank you uh, very much for your service. My name is Phil M. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive operator from Carrick Fergus in Northern Ireland. And I came on late to the meeting at half past there and I heard Harlan talking and I couldn't believe it because yesterday I was looking for this exact passage. Um, uh, well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself. I had it underlined. I didn't take a note of it. And I'm saying to myself, why did I not take a note of the page? I know I have it in the back of my book. The reason I was looking for it is that I'm preparing a workshop for Saturday. It's the birthday party for an early bird OA meeting, um, which I discovered this time last year. It was started up on Zoom 
And I had been on vision for about six months and I thought, oh, how lucky they are to start their day at seven o'clock with this meeting. And I thought, wouldn't it be lovely if we had it in the UK? And about the next day, I got notice of the early bird meeting, which is now going seven days a week um, at 7 a.m. Um, and we're preparing uh, a workshop for the celebration on Saturday. And the workshop is on meditation, which is, you know, the conscious contact with a power greater than than uh, myself and uh, it's such a privilege to be preparing it uh, last year um we you know that was just such a gift and there are people from all around the world who attend the meeting um and and that is awesome we've recently had to deal with uh, racism in our group and uh, that has been a bit of a struggle but it's spoken me to to you know the issue and I do feel that whatever meeting we're at, if it's not safe for one person to talk about whatever their issues are, then it's not safe for any of us. And I really, really hope that this becomes um, uh, a group where everyone can feel free to mention whatever, whatever is happening for them. And I treasure, I treasure vision. It has, it has given me so much. And I really appreciate with that, I'll pass. Um, Thank you so um, much, Phil M. Okay, and Carol Kay, um, you have um, two minutes, please. Oh, two minutes. Okay. Um, Thank I you. To, um, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm here here to find God. And uh, I'm at the jumping off place, working the steps absently, or I say working the big book. I like that better than the steps because it sounds too mathematical for me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So, um, yeah. Um, uh, the jumping off place or finding uh, the horrible feeling of being in step one really took place in 2010 where I was go uh, going uh, from uh, store to store so I w no one would know how much uh, my $500 uh, at least 500 who knew I wasn't really counting my husband was of uh, Diet Coke sweeteners gum I was in such despair and I didn't, I couldn't, I, I, and by that time, there was a pre-program. Pre Vision wasn't around at that time. At least I didn't know it. Maybe the people were around. Um, and so I called a sponsor in Jerusalem. I had, I liked the voice and, um, and her, um, her really faith, her deep faith really appealed to me so much. And all she said to me on the phone, while I was in a parking lot close to a store to purchase more, she said, you will stop now. And I stopped and never to return. Uh, but the worldly clamors, and uh, there was a, an attempt to uh, do uh, work. Uh, there was lots of work to be done. Um, it fell apart for various reasons. Um, but uh, those, uh, the Diet Coke, sweeteners and gum stuff and of late just lately I know you know when I'm shopping and I see a donut I actually have this nauseous feeling I I don't want it sometimes I think well I'll buy it for somebody else but what you know then I think oh you know that person doesn't need that junk so what am I doing but um I I'm, I'll stop I feel I'm really at step three which is really a nice place to be I have so much step four to write about. 
Thank you, and I pass. Well, thank you so much, Ann Carol Kay and Kathy L. If you would want to wait around for the second hour, perhaps you can share there. Okay, and thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Thank you for um, Team Monday, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, March 22nd, 7 a.m. meeting is 16,625. That's 16625. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Crystal P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is uh, Crystal P., recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. You realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.